Welcome to the Kingsway Christian Fellowship Home Service. We hope that you'll be blessed as you listen to this audio sermon streamed live from Melbourne, Australia. Kingsway Christian Fellowship is a family Bible-based non-denominational church preaching Jesus Christ, based in Wonturner. Visit www.kingswaychristianfellowship.com. Now here is Pastor Werner Schultz. Good morning, everybody, in the wonderful name of Jesus. It's wonderful to have this opportunity to preach the Word of God. And it's true, what we sang that was or heard was so wonderful and it's so important. The hallelujah. That's all about, and I know many atheists in the past, they called us, oh, you Christians, you have this uh, butcher's religion. You always speak. No, it is the blood that Jesus has shed for our sins. And that's so wonderful, glorious salvation. Thank you very much, Seb, what you read and what you said. And that's so important. I want to continue this morning with the theme, Christology to the Hebrews. And uh, we are, I'm going to read from Hebrews chapter 3, the verses 1 to 19. It says, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle for a testimony things were to be spoken later. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are. If we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our hope firm until the end. Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me and as in the day of trial in the wilderness where your fathers tried me by testing me. I said, I away from the living God, but encourage one another day after day as long as it is still called today. So that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ. If you hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm until the end. While it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me. They were not able to end because of unbelief. So far, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you also for so much. What a great thing you have done to give your life on 
sacrifice you brought. And I thank you, Lord, that you will bless us this morning. I thank you for your words, and I pray, give grace to speak your word. Give grace to listen to your word. And also, Lord, give grace to act upon your word in the wonderful and blessed name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now Moses was Israel's savior. When Moses led Israel out of Egypt, Moses received the Decalogue, that means the ten God met Moses and how Moses met God there in Exodus. Thank you very much. So I don't have to read it, but you did it already. And we thank the Lord for the leading of the Spirit that's so wonderful. Now we see something Hebrews, he wanted to give them instruction and also shows them who Jesus is in the sermons before Moses. And that's why it's important that Jesus is going to be preached and people should understand. But what about Moses and the, or what about Jesus? Hebrews church, those who were addressed this letter to. Now, what about Jesus? And that's what the faithful of God. So was Jesus. And Jesus and this writer says, well, there's a difference. And the difference is this between the builder of the house and the house itself. Now, the house is being built by God. Give us the wonderful gospel that Jesus Christ gives us eternal life. Now, it's important that these Hebrews, perhaps in the diaspora, should learn it and hear it. Now, first, Christ is work. And that's what we want to look at at the moment. And we read it very clearly. And it says there in verse 1, Therefore, holy brethren, partaker of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our uh, confession. That's important. Now, Jesus is being called an apostle here. And it's important. These Messianic Jews were partakers of the heavenly calling. Actually, they belonged to the equivalent of God. That's what he was called in the Bible. But Jesus is being called here an apostle of God. Now, what is an apostle? The Greek word apostolos. And it's being put together by two words, two Greek words. The first word is apo, that means from. And the second word is stello, that means to send. An apostle is somebody who has been sent by someone. And we know Jesus Christ always, when he preached to the Jews, 
I've been sent by the Father. And let's read in John chapter 3, 16 and 17. And we all know the scripture almost by heart, at least verse 16. And it says there, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send sent of the Father. And we read it very clearly when Jesus had his disciples in John chapter 14 around himself, and he was speaking about the Father, and some of the disciples said, show us the Father. And Jesus said, he who sees me sees the Father. And that's so important. Jesus is the exact representation of God the Father. Everything Jesus says is as if the Father, God the Father, has said it. Everything Jesus did is as if the Father did it. And that's why it's so important. And this is that what actually the apostle who wrote to the Hebrews wanted to make clear to them. It's not a different God. It's the same God. Jesus is he says here clearly, consider the apostle Jesus and the high priest. Now first, let's be a little bit on this apostle sending. Now Joseph, you remember there in Genesis chapter 37, and uh, Jacob sent his son Joseph to go and look after his brothers with uh, that place. And we know his brothers, when they saw him, they said, well, here comes the dreamer. They were not very friendly to Joseph. But Joseph, he was a Jacob. He went and go and visited them. Now consider the high priest. Jesus is also called a knew about what a priest is and what the priest is supposed to do. Now, what is a priest? The word priest, actually in Latin, pontifex. That means he is a bridge builder. Jesus Christ, and that's what a priest is, he builds a bridge from God to us. And that's why Jesus is being called the high priest. Pontifax is bridge builder. Jesus built a bridge over the gulf that was between us and God. And that's why Jesus could say, he who believes in me, has eternal life, and no one can come to the Father but through me. Over this bridge, Jesus the Pontifex. And that's important. And Jesus says also in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Hallelujah. Jesus 
he sacrificed his own life. And that's important. The priest, the high priest, was also given the task to bring the sacrifice, often sacrifice, uh, sacrificial animal. Now Jesus gave his life, and so he became the sacrifice in order to atone our sins. Now we have to understand atonement means covering, not covering just by hand, but covering with the blood. I thought about it and think about when Israel was in Egypt and Moses said in the night of the Passover, every household should have a lamb and the blood of the lamb should cover the post and the lintels of the door. Now there was the blood. Anything else that was perhaps written there on the, on the door posts or on the lintels, that was now covered. And the angel of death, when he passed through Egypt, he looked at the blood and where the blood was, there he couldn't enter and was not allowed to enter. And we are covered on the, the blood. And that's why this song we just heard of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now Jesus also was faithful in everything to him who appointed him. Jesus did the works of the Father and all the works he did in obedience to the Father. He didn't do anything without the will of the Father. And we have understood by reason, reading the scripture and he made a comparison and the comparison is the builder and the building. The building has not greater honor, but the builder has your honor. Now, and that's so in artwork as well. We, um, we uh, admire perhaps a nice picture. And what is the first thing anyone who is an artist, where does he look at? On the bottom right, on the bottom. There is a name written. And then they know whether this is a good artist one gaff goff or whatever. I'm not an artist, my wife, she is. And that's so important that the name has been written. It's the, the picture might be very nice, but the honor goes to that person who has written a name down there. And that's the thing also with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible says clearly that the builder gets the better and more glory and honor than the house. And that's true. And interesting, Moses was a steward of the house of God, but God was the builder. And we read in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 10, verse 4, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they were drinking from a spiritual rock, 
which followed them. And the rock was Christ. The rock was Christ. The Bible teaches us, and that's what the Apostle Paul said, that Jesus was in the wilderness already. And it's very, very interesting because Moses disobeyed the Lord. As they thirst again, so Moses did it the first time, he hit the rock, but the second time he was supposed to speak to the rock. And that's why he dishonored God in front of all of Israel. Interesting, Jude verse 5. Now Jude has got no chapters, only verses. And Jude said something like this. Listen, Jude 5. Now I desire to remind you, though you know all these things, once for all, that the Lord, after saving people out of the land of Egypt, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe. Now, we know the Greek Testament has been put together by several uh, codes. And their first and one of the most important codex is the uh, Codex Alexandrinus. And the other Codex Vaticanus. And there's still, and what I just read, instead of the Lord after saving the people, in this Codex, it says, and Jesus, so Jesus was already in the wilderness with Moses and with, with the children of Israel. Very interesting. Now, Jesus is superior to Moses in his person, not only in his work, but also in his person. Moses was faithful as a servant. Moses pointed um, typologically out to the things which were to come. And that is the tabernacle, the sacrifices, the outer court, the sanctuary, the holy of holies, the ark of the covenant, the sixth branch, branch lampstand. Now you have heard right, I said six branch lampstand. Now if we know the menorah, that's the word in Hebrew for the seven golden lampstand. Now there are only six arms. There's one shaft in the center, and this shaft points to Jesus. And there are six arms to each side, three to left, left and right, three. So it's not a seven-branched uh, menorah, it's a six-branched menorah. And Christ is the center of this menorah that a candlestick, a golden candlestick. Jesus is faithful as a son. Now Moses was faithful as a servant, but Jesus was faithful as a son. And it's so important to read 
in John chapter 8, verse 35. And Jesus brings a word here, and he says, And the slave or servant does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain, uh, uh, remain forever. Now Joe, uh, Moses had his time. And everything he did, did was foreshadowing to someone. And that was Jesus. And the servant does not stay forever in the house. But the son does. That's what Jesus said in uh, John 8. 8, 20, uh, 35. And we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the verses 7 and 8. But if the ministry of death in letters engraved on stones come with glory so that the sons of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses, because of the glory of his face, fading as it was, how shall the ministry of the Spirit fail to be even more with glory? Now we see here the ministry of the Spirit is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he, Jesus, receives more glory than Moses. Hallelujah. And that's so important. That's what the apostle wanted to tell these Hebrew believers in Jesus Christ. Now, and this is, this is what actually the writer says, do not harden your heart. And that's my, the topic of my sermon. Do not harden your heart. Now we know very clearly that sometimes we can harden our hearts. We often apply this verse. I did it myself when I preached in evangelistic rallies, you know, to appeal people that they might open their heart for the gospel and not harden their heart. And it says here, do not harden your heart. The question is, can believers harden burns when we do not respond to the Holy Spirit? How often prompted the Holy Spirit you to move certain things away out of your life and leave things and no longer do these things? It's the voice of the Holy Spirit. If we overhear this voice, there's a little step of hardening our hearts. And the apostle says, do not harden your heart. It happened in Israel. Israel hardened their hearts. They saw all the wonderful miracles. And we know that the Israelites saw when they were brought out of Egypt, the great miracle was this, the blood of the lamb, the Passover lamb. And Israel was, was protected. None of the firstborn of Israel, as the children nor animals, was um, 
uh, died. Now we see here, there was the other miracle, and that was the miracle of passing through the Red Sea. First, passing over, that's what pass over means. And then passing through, and that means going out of the world. And whenever you gave your life to Jesus, that's the next step that you move out of the world. This world has nothing to tell us anymore. We are no longer worldly uh, uh, minded. We are now spiritually minded. And that's so important. Now, the next thing, we should not grieve the Holy Spirit, as I said, and we read it in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. And it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We grieve the Holy Spirit by unwholesome words. Sometimes you hear Christians speaking as if a worldly person speaks. You know, they use all these uh, strong expressions and the apostle says very clearly that we should not do it. In Ephesians chapter 4, the verse 26 to 32, this whole section Paul speaks about the things we should not speak, and these words should not be found in our mouths. The next thing is, we should not quench the spirit. And we read it in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterance. Now, we believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. As the Bible says, and the Apostle Paul taught us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through 14, or 12 and 14. Chapter 13 is the chapter of love. And that's so important. I do believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we should not neglect or quench the Spirit nor despise prophetic utterance. God in his love, he speaks to his church through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And that's so important. We quench the Holy Spirit when we despise prophetic utterance as, oh, well, that is just soulish. No. The Bible says we should test all these things and check these things, what has been prophesied, whether they align with the word of God. If we always skeptic to these things, we then despite prophecy. And I must say, in my life, I have very, very often been built up through a prophetic word being given in the church by a brother or by a sister. Now, spiritual gifts should bring this very clearly out to the people. God is in your midst. That's what Paul says very clearly. 
That's why if somebody speaks in tongues and gives an interpretation, that's so clear. And those who don't know the gifts of the Spirit can realize God is in your midst. I have plenty of examples I could tell you. Now, the other thing, what is actually the, the, the sin against the Holy Spirit? Jesus speaks about it in Matthew chapter 13, verse 31. Therefore I said to you, any sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven people, but blasphemy against the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven. This is a horrible and will be a horrible situation for any Christian if he would have blasphemed the Holy Spirit and hardened his heart towards the Spirit of God. Now we see here that people were hardening their hearts in Exodus chapter 17, verse 3. And we read there, but the people, are there for the people, quarreled with Moses and said, give us water that we may drink. And Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? Do you understand something? This was testing the Lord and testing the Lord is almost like the sin against the Holy Spirit. They were grumbling against Moses and testing the Lord. People spoke irrespectably about Moses. You have brought us here. Should we die on thirst by thirst? Why have you brought us? Now it was all the plan of God. And the Lord answered the cry of Moses. And the Lord gave them water, and that's wonderful. Now we see here the composer of Psalm 93. He says, as encouragement to praise the Lord, to worship him and kneel down before him. Very important. Gratefulness unto the Lord. It's better than testing the Lord. Gratefulness says, Lord, I thank you for everything. And even if it doesn't fit us so nice, even perhaps this lockdown we have, can we thank the Lord for it? It's for a purpose, and our purpose is we still can come together and the day will come where we'll be together again and have fellowship in the presence of God. God was angry with this generation that tested the Lord. God loathed that generation. Isn't that a strong word? And the Bible says this also 
Revelation chapter 3, verse 16. And we know this is the last church she was appealing to, the church in Laodicea. So because you, have, you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. I will spit you out of my mouth. Do not harden your heart. Let your heart sensitive to the Spirit of God. When I was a young Christian, I learned sometimes from people who were many, many years with the Lord, and they were sometimes saying, oh, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry. Things perhaps as a young Christian I took serious. They perhaps didn't take it that serious because perhaps it might have in some way or another called you to repentance to the Lord. But as long as the Spirit of God is speaking to us and we should encourage each other do not harden your heart. The Bible gives us an example of someone who hardens his heart. And we read it in the Bible. We all know the story about King Saul. King Saul, he was so on fire for God at first. And in one case, he was amongst the prophets and he, he even prophesied. And that they said, well, has Saul come or become a prophet? He was amongst them and he prophesied. But he didn't listen to the word of God, not in total. And we know the story with Amalek and so on. But Paul or Saul always hardened his heart. And there was a war. The Philistines came against Israel. And now the king, the mighty king, the great tall king, he was scared. He was scared. Now he couldn't ask any prophet anymore. The prophets were gone. And now he didn't get a word. And somehow he thought, somehow I must get what is going to, on, going to go on in the future. Will I be able to conquer the Philistines? And so he searched for a for medium. There was the witch from Endor. In his first years, he exterminated all the witches but now at the end when his heart was hardened and he went to her asked her to bring up Samuel and there's one thing Samuel said why don't you let me rest and Saul says the Lord is no longer speaking to me the Lord is no longer speaking to me. Brothers and sisters, 
if your heart have been so hardened that you can't hear any longer the voice of the Spirit of God. And that's why the Apostle says, encourage each other as long as it is today that we might not harden our heart, that we might soften our heart. The longer we walk with Jesus, the more sensitive we should become for the Spirit of God. Do not harden your heart. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank the Lord that you are still speaking. And I thank the Lord that through this word, you bring to us, Lord, that we might not get hardened in our heart, that our heart might become soft, Lord Jesus, that we might listen to your spirit and act upon your spirit when your spirit gives us something to do and to say. We thank you and we bless you. Hallelujah. Great is your faithfulness and be blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Have a wonderful day and God bless you. Amen.